This is Patrick Donahue of the Bible Crossfire Radio Program. Most churches of all types sing the hymn Trust and Obey from their songbooks. It starts off something like this. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. You remember that song? Most churches sing that song, but unfortunately, many of these congregations don't believe the words of the song they're singing. They think one can be saved by believing only that obedience is not required for salvation. But what is the title of the song? Trust and Obey. Notice these words in particular from the song. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. So the song is saying God only abides with those who do His will, those who obey Him. Do you really mean those words when you sing them? Do you really mean that a person has to trust and obey God to be pleasing to Him? Matthew from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hello, Patrick. I I have a question. Why is it so hard when we lose? I know this doesn't go with your topic about trust and obey, but this is a question that I had all day for you. Why is it so hard when we lose a loved one? It's a, it's so hard for us to. Let go. <laughs> That's a hard question to answer, Matthew. You know, some of this depends upon whether or not we feel like that person was a faithful Christian. If they're a faithful Christian, then we can be very happy when they pass away because we know they're going on to a better place. Revelation fourteen thirteen says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. So somebody's in the Lord, Matthew, and they die. That's a blessed thing. That's a good thing. But Matthew, according to this verse, if they're not in the Lord and they die, is that a good or a bad thing? A good thing. I, I was, Who I'm talking about is my brother Michael. Well, your brother Michael... Hopefully, when he died, he was in the Lord. I never knew Michael, but hopefully he was in the Lord. And if he was in the Lord, then it's a blessed thing that uh, he, a blessed thing that he, uh, when he died, because then he got to go be with the Lord, as the scriptures say. Uh, a person that's a faithful Christian has uh, goes on to paradise. It's called in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, uh, the final destination is heaven. Uh, but if a person dies physically who's not in the Lord, then that's a bad thing. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. And the thing to remember, according to Revelation 14, 13, is that our fate is sealed once we die. You better be right with the Lord when you die physically because your fate is sealed at that point. If you have a Bible question or comment, please call us at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. So we've been talking about this hymn, Trust and Obey. The song expresses the necessity of trusting and obeying God in order to be pleasing to Him. But what does it mean to trust and obey God? Trust is a term used for a strong form of belief or faith. I've heard the difference illustrated this way. 
Suppose you saw a circus tightrope walker push an empty wheelbarrow across a high wire between the World Trade Center towers five times. And then he asked you if you believed he could do it again. Considering you had just seen him doing it successfully five times in a row, you would probably answer yes. But then suppose he asked you to get in the wheelbarrow. Do you see the difference in belief and trust? Let's read a couple of passages that emphasize trusting God. For example, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And then Ephesians 1, 12 and 13. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And then 1 Timothy 4, verse 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 is the number to call. So it is not enough just to believe on the surface that God exists. We must trust Him. That means, quote, we go out on a limb for God. We not only must believe God exists, but we must act on that belief. Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus said in Matthew sixteen twenty four and 25, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. It's not just believing in Christ. It's giving up your life for Christ, that text says. That takes trust that God will deliver on his promises to the faithful. That there is a benefit to serving God. You have to trust God. You're going to receive a benefit for this. That's trusting him. You know, the word no is used to refer to this trust in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. In, quote, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to know, believe in, trust in God in order to be saved. And this verse points out the second requirement listed in the title of the hymn we're talking about. We must trust and obey to be saved. Now most churches emphasize the believing part but neglect the obedience part. 1 Peter 1.22 tells us the connection between obedience and the purifying of our sins. It says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. I ask this question to the listening audience. Have you ever obeyed the truth, obeyed the gospel, as these two passages direct us to do? Hebrews 5 verse 9 is one of my favorite passages showing the necessity of obedience to our salvation. It reads, And being made perfect, he, talking about Jesus, became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Now that would imply that if we don't obey him, we won't receive eternal salvation. Matthew 7.21 says basically the same thing. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. A lot of churches teach all you got to do to be saved is believe, but these texts and the song, Trust and Obey, teach you not only have to believe, but you have to obey to be saved. 
Many churches teach all you have to do to be saved is, quote, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning believe in Jesus. But they still sing the song, Trust and Obey, that contradicts that teaching. No, the song is right. The Bible teaches we must trust and obey God to be saved. James 2.24 puts it this way. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. It takes more than just faith to be justified in God's sight. It also takes works. You know, this program goes all over the nation in Canada. Perhaps you'd like to study the Bible with me. So we could do that by the phone. If you would like to study with me by the phone, a one-hour Bible study with me by the phone, then go to the website, BibleCrossFire.com, and click on the icon, click on the link that says, send me a message asking to study the Bible, or send me a message asking a question, and just say, yes, Pat, I would like to study, do that one-hour Bible study with you by the phone. And we'll set up a time that's convenient for you to have a one-hour Bible study with you by the phone. Go to BibleCrossFire.com to sign up for that. I mentioned that churches teach faith only is enough for salvation, and many of them even hedge on that. But before I get into that, let me mention the number to call again is 877-655-6755. That number to call if you'd like to be on the air right now and talk to me about the Bible, question or comment, 877-655-6755. We've mentioned on this program before about churches hedging on their teaching that you have to believe in order to be saved. Billy Graham is famous for teaching in crusade after crusade that people needed to come forward and accept Christ in order to be saved. But in an interview with Robert Shuler on May 31, 1997, Mr. Graham said this, and I quote, Whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world, or the Christian world, or the non-believing world. They are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. They may not even know the name of Jesus, but they know in their hearts they need something that they don't have, and they turn to the only light they have, and I think they're saved, and they're going to be with us in heaven. That's Billy Graham saying that a person who's a Muslim, or a Jew, or a Buddhist, who doesn't even believe in Christ can be saved like they are. Again, in McCall's Magazine in January 1978, Mr. Graham said this, and I quote, I used to believe that pagans in far-off countries were lost, were going to H-E-L-L, if they did not have the gospel of Christ preached to them. I no longer believe that. I believe that there are other ways of recognizing the existence of God, through nature, for instance, and plenty of other opportunities, therefore, of saying yes to God. So again, Mr. Graham said in 1978 that you don't have to believe in Jesus to be saved. So here we have the song that a lot of churches sing, Trust and Obey. That's what you have to do to be pleasing to God. Well, we're emphasizing tonight that you have to obey, but we're pointing out that a lot of churches who say you have to believe in Christ, to trust Christ to be saved, they will hedge on that. They'll say, yeah, you got to believe in Christ, but... The Muslims and the Buddhists and the Jews that don't believe in Christ, they're going to be saved anyway because they're loyal to their religion. No, the Bible teaches you have to believe to be saved. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Let me read you a couple of passages that prove that. But before I do, let me mention the number again. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 
John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Doesn't that prove that you have to believe in Jesus to be saved? And so Billy Graham, perhaps the most famous preacher of our generation, he was dead wrong when he said the Jews, the Muslims, and the Buddhists can be saved without believing in Christ. Dead wrong. John 8.24 proves he was wrong. There's where Jesus said, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. So the Jews and the Muslims and the Buddhists, they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe that Jesus was he. They don't believe that. They're not going to be saved. Now, Mr. Graham, Billy Graham said they're going to be saved as long as they're loyal to the religion they're a part of. But these verses say, no, you have to believe in Christ to be saved. Not only is it wrong to hedge on faith being required, it's also wrong to hedge on obedience being required. And that's what most churches do. We've already read Hebrews 5, verse 9, Matthew seven twenty one that prove that you have to obey. Revelation 22, verse 14 says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. You see that? Who's going to have the right to the tree of life and enter into the city of heaven? Those that do his commandments. Well, that would imply that if you don't do his commandments, you won't have the right to go to heaven. Revelation chapter 20 verse 13 shows that on the judgment day, quote, every man will be, quote, judged according to their works. Now, every man in that verse gets everybody, saint and sinner alike, which means the doctrine once saved, always saved is false. Because this verse says, Revelation 20, 13, that every man will be judged according to their works. That gets the non-Christians and the Christians. It gets every man. So every man, including Christians, are going to be judged according to their works. Since Christians are going to be judged according to their works, if their works are not in line with what Christ said, they're going to be judged to be lost. Therefore, that proves once saved, always saved is false. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4 is a quick way to refute that doctrine. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So not only can a Christian fall from grace, this verse says some Christians in that day had fallen from grace. They had fallen from grace. So, so obviously it's possible to fall from grace because we read about in the Bible some people that had fallen from grace. 877-655-6755 is the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment. 877-655-6755. The hymn is right. We must trust and obey to be happy in Jesus. If any preacher tells you that obedience is not required for salvation, ignore what he says. That's a false teacher. If he tells you obedience is not required for salvation. Now, a few weeks ago, we were looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10-12, through 12, which reads, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be condemned to believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We talked a lot about that verse. And let's, let's take up where we left off. First, what is the result of all this? 
the result of this, a person who follows not after the truth because they don't have a love for the truth, is that they will perish. They're not going to be saved. They're going to be condemned. John 3, verses 3 and 5, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So unless we're born again, unless we're born of water and the Spirit, and born of water is obviously a reference to water baptism, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. We cannot be saved. Galatians 5, 19-21 reads this way. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So the result of not loving the truth, not following the truth, of being sent a strong delusion because we don't have a love for the truth, is that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. The lines are wide open. 877-655-6755. You know, the opposite of 2 Thessalonians 2, 10-12 is that God does guarantee that truth seekers will find the truth. People who are not truth seekers, he'll send a strong delusion. They don't have a love for the truth. But those who love the truth, God guarantees that they will find the truth. We see that from passages like Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to, to escape that you may be able to bear it. John chapter 7 verse 17 teaches this. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 was a true seeker. And instead of getting a strong delusion... God sent someone to him to teach him the truth. Same with Apollos in Acts 18, Lydia in Acts 16, the eunuch in Acts 8, and Saul in Acts 9. Those who don't have a love for the truth, God will send a strong delusion. But those who don't have a love for, who do have a love for the truth, God will make sure they find the truth. Again, if you have a Bible question or comment, call us at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 Looks like we have a few callers on the line. Let's see if we can take one or two of them. Jay from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. I, I want to understand. I believe that God created the earth in seven days. But I want to understand the timeline of prehistoric creatures like dinosaurs. Can you help me with that timeline? Well... We don't know everything there is to know about dinosaurs. But God created the land animals on the sixth day, Genesis 1. And so the dinosaurs were created just like any other animal. And so they would have coexisted with early man. And it's possible that they died out because of Noah's flood. Or they might have died out because of some asteroid that hit the earth. But they were created 
to coincide in that first six days. They were created like the other animals were at the same time, basically, as man was created. Okay? Those dinosaurs. So you know All the animals were created then. You know in the Bible talks like a day to God it's like a, can be like a thousand years to us? Is that part of that timeline? That no. Can be a thousand years? Okay. No. No. The Bible teaches that those days in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 were six 24-hour days. You can tell that okay. by turning okay. to a passage like Exodus 20. Let's, if you, I don't know if you have your Bible or you're traveling right now, but it, when when God tells in the, in the Ten Commandments, God's telling them to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exodus 20, verse 8. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. For the seventh day, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no work, neither nor thy son, daughter, maidservant, nor any maidservant, nor any cattle, any stranger that is with thee. For in six days... The Lord hath made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them in, and rested the Sabbath day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed okay. the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So see what he's saying? He's saying, remember the I Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. And he says, because in six days, God created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. So those days, by definition there, are 24-hour days, because that's the okay. length of the days he's talking about in Exodus chapter 20. Okay. I you know another because I've always been curious about that particular part. Yeah, th- there's another passage I'd like you to notice in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, okay. In Matthew 19:4, it says, "Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female?" And he starts talking about Adam and Eve. So what he's saying there is that when he created Adam and Eve, that was the beginning. There was no millions or billions of years before Adam and Eve. Right. Adam and Eve were right at the I beginning. So, so the dinosaurs were animals just like any other animals. Now, we don't know for sure how they died out, but they lived at some time coexisting at the same time as with man, but they died out. Okay? Okay. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you Thank so you much. for your call. I appreciate that. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. William from Colorado. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, how you doing, Patrick? I agree completely with trust and obey. But if we are given so many restrictions, what was the point of Jesus' death? Jesus' death is so that we can be forgiven for when we violate those restrictions. So God wants us to obey him, and when we mess up, the point of Jesus' death is so we can be forgiven when we violate that. We can sure be thankful for that. Janine from Arizona, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi, you mentioned earlier faith without works is dead. And so, right. um, yes, I'd like to know what is meant by um, works. Is that like spreading the gospel or, you know, going to see the sick or um, visiting the people in jail? Or what does that mean? All of the above. Everything oh. that God instructs, instructs us to do in the New Testament, baptism, Lord's Supper, Helping a little old lady across the street. Right. All of these things that God wants us to do to be pleasing to him. And if we really love and appreciate what God has done for us, we'll right. happily do that and not try to argue against it. John fourteen fifteen, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay. Janine, right. I, can ex- I, can, I can express love to my wife by giving her a kiss on the cheek, for example. But I can't express love to God by kissing him. He's not here. The right. way we express our love for God is by keeping his commandments. And so that's what 
That's what it's talking about in James 2.24. It says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Unfortunately, many churches teach as you're saved by faith only, but they sing the hymn, Trust and Obey, that teaches you got yeah. to not only trust, believe, but you also got to obey to be pleasing to him. Right. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, that explains it real good. I got it now. <laughs> Janine, we appreciate your call so much. Okay, I appreciate okay. you. Thank you. All righty. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. We're going to have to go off the air, so I can't take any more calls. But let me mention again that I would love to do a one-hour phone Bible study with anybody. If you'd like to have a phone Bible study with me sometime when it's convenient for you throughout the week, give me a call or text me on my cell phone number, 256-682-9753. If you want to have a one-hour phone Bible study with me, call or text me at 256-682-9753. Be sure and listen next week at this same time.